Take your Bibles this morning. Turn with me to the book of John and chapter 5. Book of John and chapter 5. We're ready for verse 20 this morning. Last week in Looking at verse 19, we could say that probably the, one of the, the first evidence that Jesus gave, or the first proof that he gave of his equality with the Father, which basically declares John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Then in verse 19, he declares the fact that the work that he does is not independent of the Father. It's with the Father. What th things soever He doeth, whatsoever things the Father does, the Son does. He's declaring there His perfect obedience to the Father, which would declare Him to be one. <laughs> with the Father. We'll progress along in that thought as we go through the next several verses. The thought of the works the Father does are the works the Son does. The works the Son does are the works the Father does. Beginning there, read with me verse 20. For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that himself doeth. And he will show him greater works than these, that ye may marvel. Here in this verse is contained the second evidence, the second proof of his being equal with the Father. And that is his, his great works, greater works than these, he said. So this is the second evidence or another evidence of his being equal with God. I want us to notice here in this verse that he gives us two amazing statements. Two wonderful statements were made. He said, The Father loveth 
the Son. The Father loveth the Son. And of course, this is this is agape love. This is and it's it's it, it's a love that does not cease. Loveth. The, the tense of the verb there. E-T-H. The Father loveth the Son. As we think about that, we, we, we think back in the book of Mark in chapter 1 and verse 11 or Matthew chapter 4 and, and when Jesus was baptized and he's coming up out of the water and we have these words in Mark chapter 1 and verse 11. And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. You are my dearly loved Son. What the word beloved means there, it means beloved, it means dearly loved. Son, in whom I am well pleased. <laughs> in, other, in other words, he favored, he favored the Father. He, he was pleasing to the Father. Well pleasing. In the book of Matthew in chapter 17 and in verse 5, Jesus was in, in Peter and and, and John were in the mount, and, and Jesus was transfigured there in the mount. In verse 5, we read there, Behold, a voice out of the cloud, which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. <laughs> this is God manifest in the flesh. This is my son, one with me. Hear him. I asked this morning, are you here to hear Jesus? Are you here to hear the words of Jesus this morning? Well, hear and understand that he is the dearly loved of the Father. Use an earthly expression or an earthly illustration, rather. However, in the day and time in which we live, we find parental love is, is really wanting, is really lacking in a lot of areas because, and I think. As I reflect on that, I think it's because we're we're so largely a people that is so so given over to ourselves and our desires and our passions that we don't have proper love for children. But but those of us who who do love our children. We love them dearly. <laughs> and we would say, we, we can say, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter what they do. They may do things that are displeasing to us. And we're not pleased with, we're not well 
pleased with as, as the Father was with the Son. But they're still ours. There's still that, that love and care and compassion for them. Of course, we that are saved, we have a great desire and passion in our hearts to see, see our children walking in the ways of the Lord, walking in the ways that we, we tried to teach them and to instill in them. And, and as we think on our, back on our own lives, we realize we didn't do so very well. Because many times the things that we were trying to teach them from our mouth and from our lips, we didn't back up with our own life. But they're our children. They're our son. They're our daughter. And we love them. We love them dearly. So we can understand Jesus, the Son of God. We can understand the Father. <laughs> Him being dearly loved of the Father. A blessed verse in the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians in chapter 1 and verse 6. Along this line. To the praise of the glory of His grace. That, that is the grace of God. To, to His praise. To the praise of God and, 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 and the glory of His grace, the grace of God, wherein He, God, hath made us accepted in the Beloved. We, he has made us to be accepted in the Beloved, in His beloved Son, in His dearly loved Son. Turn with me to the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13. Colossians 1 and verse 13. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness? That is, God hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son, of His beloved Son, of His dearly loved Son. <laughs> We've been translated into that kingdom. We've been accepted in the Beloved. It's only we are in the Beloved that we are accepted of God. You must be in the beloved to be accepted of God. And those that are in the Son are there by the work of God doing the work. He it is by His power. He, is, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and He has translated us just into the kingdom of his dear son. Turn with me to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews in chapter 5 
In verse 5. So also Christ glorified not himself to be made an high priest. But he that said unto him, Thou art my son. And we know what God said unto him. My, thou art my beloved son. Thou art my son. Today have I begotten thee. Praise God. Jesus declaring to be the beloved Son. Declaring to these Jews, to these hypocrites, that the Father, His Father, loveth Him, loveth the Son. It is perfect love. Where's divine love? The love, the love of God is perfect. It's not feigned. It's not hypocritical. It's not for show. It's real. It's perfect. It does not diminish. Notice the tense of, of the verb in our text. Loveth. The Father loveth. The Son. <coughs> he continues to love the Son. There's never a time that He does not love the Son, nor ever will be a time when He does not love the Son. His love does not diminish. It is full. It is complete. It never, it never changes. God does not change. God is immutable. And Jesus being equal with the Father, Jesus being one with the Father, Jesus, the Word, being God, does not change either. Turn with me back to the book of John and Chapter 10, in verse 17, as we continue to think about this love, the Father has for the Son, and the Son has for the Father, and ultimately, the Father has for those who are begotten of the Son, those who are in the Son. John chapter 10 and verse 17. Therefore doth the Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. He, therefore, what did Jesus say here? Therefore doth the Father love me, because I am God. Because I lay down my life and I take it again. Listen, only God has the power of life and death. And that's what Jesus is stating there. 
had the power of life and death. He had the power to give his life, and he had the power to take it back to himself again. What he stated, chapter 16, chapter 16, in verse 27, For the Father himself loved you, speaking to his disciples, speaking to his first church, the one that he is building. The Father himself loveth you. Here's why. Because ye have loved me and have believed that I came out of, out from God. In other words, because you are in me, you love me, and you love me, you manifest that you love me by keeping my commandments, you manifest that you're in me by keeping my commandments, and you love me, and because you love me, the Father loves you. Which love for me was out there, by the Father. Look with me what he says in chapter 17. Chapter 17 and go with me down to verse 23. Now, now, now follow along in this verse. Jesus said that he prayed not only for them which were with him then, but for others also who will believe because of the witness of their word. In other words, all those stated that to this present day that are saved. And he says in verse 23, I in them. Jesus is in us. And Jesus is in we that are saved. The Son is in we that are saved. And thou in me. And the Father is in the Son. They may be made perfect in one. You see, that, that we that are in the Son and the Father in the Son, that we might be made complete in one, complete one with the Father and the Son, but not only with the Father and the Son, but one with one another. He said... And that the world may know that thou hast sent me. How is the world going to know that, that the Father sent the Son? By our oneness. By our being one with the Father and the Son. And being one, one with another. 
That's how the world is going to know that we're of Christ and Christ was sent by the Father and has loved them. The world's also going to know that the Father loves us. How? By our oneness with the Father and the Son. And our oneness with one another. As thou hast loved me, just as the Father loved the Son. He loves us. And that oneness that we have with the Son and the Father, which is manifested by our life, makes us perfect in one, complete in one. We're one with one another. And as we have that oneness with the Father and with the Son and that oneness with one another, the world's going to know that Jesus was sent by the Father and that He loved them, loved us, just as He loved His Son. Wow. Mouthful, isn't it? That's a lot in that one verse. Look at verse 26. Verse 26. And I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. Jesus says, I declared the Father to them. Just what he's doing here in our text in John chapter 5. Declaring the Father to the Jews. And declaring the Father, he has to declare the Son and, and their oneness with one another. But he said, he declared it and revealed it made it manifest unto us, made the Father manifest unto us through the Son. Why? That there might be in us the same love wherewith the Father loved the Son. Isn't that what it stated there in that verse? Isn't that what Jesus just states in that verse 26? There is to be in every child of God, everyone who declares the name of Jesus Christ for salvation, there is to be in them the same love that the Father, God the Father, has for God the Son. We love the Son as the Father loved the Son. We love the Father 
as the Son loves the Father. We love one another as the Father loves us. Wow. <laughs> That's something. Faith. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 6. Faith which worketh by love. And not human love. It is the love of God. Turn with me to the 14th chapter. The 14th chapter. And verse 21. Chapter 14, verse 21. He that hath my commandments. Well, we that a little bit in Sunday school lesson concerning the new covenant. Have the, has his commandments been put in your inward parts? Have they been written upon your heart? He that hath my commandments and keepeth them. It is that loveth me. Do you love Jesus? God has put His commandments in your inward parts, in your mind, in your thoughts, and has written them upon your heart. So that they are the desires, they are the pa passions, your innermost desires and passions are to do the will of God. You love the Son. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father. <laughs> See, we love God. Because he first loved us. And by his loving us, he put his commandments in our inward part. He wrote them upon our heart. We love the Son. <laughs> we love all that is God. So we love one another as well. You see. And I will love him. And will manifest myself to him. He continues. Doesn't he continue to manifest himself to you? Continues to manifest himself to me. I'm, I'm so thankful for that. There's not a day that go by, goes by I don't thank my Heavenly Father for the Lord Jesus Christ and saving my soul. You see, He continues to manifest Himself to me. The 15th chapter in verse 9 As the Father hath loved me, 
so have I loved you. <laughs> Thus he gave us his wife. John 17, 2. The Son gives us life, gives us eternal life. Quicken. Dead. Continue ye in my love. Oh, we continue. We that have the love of God put in our heart, shed abroad in our heart. We have his commandments in the inward parts written upon our heart. We love the Son. We love the Father. We continue in his love. Then the second in our verse is this John chapter 5 and verse 20 the father showeth the son all things that he doeth the father <laughs> The first thing that, that he stated, <laughs> the Father loveth the Son. The second thing he states is, is the Father showeth the Son all things that he doeth. Here we're getting down to what we said a little ago, that, that the previous verse and now this verse, and, and, and for the next few verses, continues to declare. The Father communicates with the Son. The Son communicates with the Father. They're one. Works that the Father does, the Son does. The work which the Son does, the Father also does. <laughs> Like we said last week, they're one. They have the same mind. They have the same will. They have the, the same purpose, the same intent. They are equal. They are one. A verse that we read last week in, in, in the book of John, chapter 1 and verse 18. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father. He's the beloved. The Father is one of them. He's the beloved. He's in the bosom of the Father. He hath declared Him. Turn with me to the book of Proverbs. Just to, to stimulate your, your thinking even further, the book of Proverbs chapter 8. Look with me here at verse 22. We're going to read several verses here down through verse 31. Think about what it's saying concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way, before his works of old. 
talking about his works of creation, which is going to be seen here. God was set up from everlasting, from the beginning or ever the earth was, before the earth was, when there were no depths, I was brought forth when there were no fountains and of abounding with water before the mountains were settled before the hills was I brought forth while as yet he had no he had not made the earth nor the fields nor the high, highest part of the dust of the world when he prepared the heavens I was there when he set a compass upon the face of the earth or the depth he was there he established the clouds above when he stretched strengthened the fountains of the deep he was there when he gave to the sea his decree that the water should not pass his command when he appointed the foundation of the earth he was there <laughs> then I was by him as one brought up with him and I was daily his delight rejoicing always before him rejoicing in the habitation in the habitable part of his earth and my delights were with the sons of men <laughs> he was there <laughs> he's eternal with the father he's one with the father John chapter 10 in verse 30 Jesus said I and my father are one the father will show the son greater works than these greater wonders would be shown and done by Christ than these that he had now done greater works than the work of creation greater works than healing of this impotent man of making this impotent man whole is the context that, that we're in greater works than these what greater works than these greater works than, than making this impotent man whole that would have been in that condition for 38 years and there's a greater work than this yes what about the raising of the widow woman of Nain's only son back to life we remember that widow woman of, of, of Nain whose son had died and Jesus raised him back to life in the book of chapter 7 and verses 11 through 16 
What about the raising of Jairus' daughter back to life? Account in, in the book of Mark in chapter 5 and verses 35 and 42. That, that's a greater work than healing this impotent man. What about the work of raising Lazarus from the dead? Taking that which had died, that which is dead, and giving life to it. Certainly those are greater works. What about raising of Jesus from the dead? Turn, turn with me back to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. And look with me here at verse 15. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. For who? For the sheep. The chosen of God. They're his sheep. He lays down his life for the sheep. And other sheep I have with, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall bear my, hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd, Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment I received of my Father... <laughs> He had, he had the power to die, to allow his physical body to be dead and laid in, in a tomb. But he had power to give it life again. Why not? He'd raised that son of the widow of Nain. He'd raised the daughter of Jairus. He'd raised Lazarus. All those he raised from the dead. He could raise himself from the dead as well. Turn with me to the book of Mark. The book of Mark in chapter 15. And look with me here at verse 45. And when he knew, that is when Pilate knew, it of the centurion, that is, he knew, what did he know of the centurion? That Jesus, in fact, was dead. His physical body, that tabernacle he tabernacled in here on earth, was dead. He gave verification to the fact that it was dead. When, the, when it was known of the centurion, he gave the body, the body of Jesus, to Joseph. And he bought fine linen and took him down and wrapped him in linen 
and laid him in a sepulcher, which was hewn out of a rock, and rolled a stone unto the door of the sepulcher. And Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, beheld where he was laid, and when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome had bought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. And they said among themselves, Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher. And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. And entering into the sepulcher, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were affrighted. They were alarmed. And he saith unto them, Be not affrighted. Don't be alarmed. Ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. Jesus said he had power to lay his life down and power to take it up again and he had risen praise God he had risen turn with me now to the book of Ephesians the book of Ephesians in chapter 1 Ephesians chapter 1 Verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe? What is the exceeding greatness of his power? What is the exceeding greatness of the power of God to us who believe? Well, follow on according to the working of His mighty power. It's the mighty power of God that is to us who believe which He wrought in Christ. This mighty power was wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and set Him at His own right hand in the heavenly places. The mighty power of God was manifested in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and set in the heavenly at His own right hand. That is that mighty power that is manifested in us who believe Verse 1 of chapter 2, And you hath he quickened, 
You have he made alive that same mighty power that raised Jesus from the dead. Gave made him alive that same mighty power has made you that believe alive who were dead in trespasses and sins I ask you this morning has the mighty power of God been working you has he raised you from being dead in your trespasses and sins? Has He given you alive? Has He given you life? Life unto the things of God? Has he, has he given you a new heart? Wherein dwelleth righteousness? A heart that desires and longs to do the will of God perfectly, obediently. Just as the Son manifested His perfect obedience to all the work of God, enduring the work of God. Shall we stand?